0: Well, good morning, everybody. <clears throat> As Mark has already said, I will say it again, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I hope that you all are finding the season to be a little bit more uh, magical, maybe, than it has been in the past. We've spent a few weeks now trying to, to look at what it means to recapture the, the beauty and the majesty and the, the uh, amazement that is Christmas. Oftentimes we get lost in, in the commercialization of Christmas, we get lost in the, in the um, maybe the man made traditions of Christmas. when If we will look to the text of scripture, when we will look to uh, history, when we will look to the true meaning of Christmas, I think we can we can recapture the beauty uh, the beauty of this season. So, as we gather this Christmas Eve. Uh, For our final service during this Advent season, we're going to turn our attention to this final theme within our series, and that is the theme of light. Up to this point, we've discussed hope and we've discussed peace. Uh, We've talked about joy, and last week we talked about love, all of which Jesus offers us uh, and offers uh, all of these components to those who will trust him. Uh, This concept of light is not only an offer, uh, for us to experience in our life, but it's actually something that we are called to take out into the world. Um, I think you'll see that as well with hope. We are, we are people who, uh, who declare a message of hope. We are a people who offer peace. We are a people of joy, we're supposed to be, and we're a people marked by love, but again, we are a people who are to carry light out into the world Our hearts are drawn to this particular symbolic uh, idea, the significance of light, not merely as a physical presence, but as uh, a physical representation of Christ himself, who, according to Scripture, is referred to as the light of the world. Today, we're going to explore the transformative power of Jesus' light, uh, and then the call for each of us, again, to carry this light into the world. So the first thing that I want to look at is the symbolism of light. In the Gospel of John, Jesus declares, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And there's a lot to what that means. But it's a beautiful promise that says we are people who do not have to walk in darkness. In the ancient mind, you have to understand that the edges of the world and the darkness of the world often represented, or um, yes, often, if not always, represented evil. They represented the things that we didn't know. They represented the monsters uh, that we had to face inside of life. And so that which was dark, that which was at the edge, specifically the sea, right? The sea was dark, and it was untamed. And so this was, this was fear, for everyone in the ancient mind uh, with an ancient mind but Jesus comes in and he declares something that is going to transform that and that is that he is in fact the light of the world but he invites us to follow him and in doing so that we will no longer have to walk in darkness now you might look at that and say great we don't have to walk in darkness that means I won't stub my toe you know in the morning that's not at all what is view- in view here The idea is to not walk in darkness means to not walk in fear. To not walk where there are monsters or where there are edges that we might run off of. So it's really important what what is being declared here. C.S. Lewis aptly describes this light stating this. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. See, when this light shines, we're able to see, we're able to discern, we're able to understand that which is good and that which is evil, and we're able to walk uh, uh, rightly in a world filled with darkness. The symbolism of the light in the Bible represents truth, it represents revelation, and again, dispelling of the darkness, dispelling of that which is um, troublesome or evil, or um, that that can come to get us or harm us. As you walked in this morning, uh, you received a candle, and you probably noticed that the auditorium lights are dimmed more than normal. The darkness that is representing here, the, the darkness that is here, is representing the normal state of the world in which we live. It's not exactly what we want, right? It's not exactly ideal. We can't see everything as clear as we're used to. And whatever light we already have, the light that comes through the windows, the light that comes uh, through the shades and those things, is actually meant to um, represent the light of grace that is offered, according to some theologians, a, a grace that is referred to as common grace to all people that we might see some way forward. But any and all light that points us some way forward is, is and has always been intended to point us to Jesus. Jesus. At this time, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to send Jacob all around, wherever he might be, and he is going to light a candle, four candles in the front row. He's going to light one person's candle in this section, one in this section, one in this section, and one in this section. And as I continue in the message, what I want you to do is I want you to take your candle that is lit, whoever is lit, and I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to light their candle. And then, if you're at the end of the row, I want you to reach behind you. Do so safely. Try not to burn your neighbor, right? But reach behind you and light their candle. And as I continue to talk, what you're going to see is the light continuing to spread throughout our auditorium. The second thing that I want you to see as this is happening is Jesus and how his light overcomes the darkness that we face. We still live in a world filled with darkness, but it begins to dispel that darkness uh, little by little. As we hold these candles inside of this darkness, we recognize the power of Jesus' light to overcome the darkest corners of our lives and the world. In 1 John, or in John chapter 1, verse 5, we read, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The arrival of Jesus signaled the beginning of a cosmic transformation, a radiant dawn that was breaking through the midnight of human history. What we have tried to do in the midst of this is tried to create our own light, like these lights on the stage, like the lights that are back there above Mark. These are our own ways of trying to create some sort of light. But when that light begins to fade, and it will, when darkness continues to settle on this crazy world that we live in, and it will, we are the people who are actually to have light inside of darkness. The arrival of Jesus signaled the beginning of this transformation. Luke emphasizes the prophetic anticipation of this coming light. He says this in Luke chapter 1, verses 76 through 79, speaking or referring to John the Baptist. He said, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord, John will go on before King Jesus, to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Do you notice that the light referred to here and the dark referred to here are mortal enemies? They are combating one another. This is not merely us, again, stubbing our toe in the dark. And so this shadow, this, or this uh, sunlight, this bright light is to come and completely take over the shadow of death and to guide our feet into a path of peace. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 and Matthew 4 16 both uh, communicate the same prophetic truth that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned. This is King Jesus 2,000 years ago for all of us to experience. The third thing that I want you to see and want you to really take away from today is what you've already done, and that is the spreading of this light, the gospel as illumination. The significance of our candles becomes evident in our roles as bearers of the gospel. We don't just have a light and hide it under a bushel. Kids, what do we, what do we say after that? Do we light our candle and hide it under a bushel? No, no there we go. I love that. Sarah did that loudly because she's still a kid at heart, but that's really important, right? And so our candles and the light of those candles become evident as as bearers of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ. Just as a single candle can dispel a, a little bit of darkness, the more the candle, the more the light, the more that we bring to the world, the more dispelling of darkness we can create. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, Jesus tells his disciples, you are the light of the world. Something has drastically changed now. Jesus is the light of the world, but then he looks to us and says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I find this to be fascinating that the connection between faith and works is a powerful connection. It is often misunderstood and therefore translated as get your act together and God will love you, right? That's not what the gospel says. The gospel actually says you didn't have your act together, you can't get your act together, but Jesus came and he got it together for you. But in light of that, Pun intended. You are to take that light, and what does that light look like? Your good deeds in the world that cause the world at large to glorify God. I want to invite you to reflect on moments uh, that you've experienced in your life where the transformative power of Christ in another person caused you to pause. Pause. Caused you to stop and think about how mighty and how good God was. Every one of us has experienced it. Every one of us remembers that one person or that that group of people that were such an influence to us that it compelled us to wonder more about Jesus. I want you to think about that, and I want you to remember those people and realize that you are that person to someone else in so much as that your light shines before the world. The fourth thing that I want you to understand is overcoming the darkness is what our goal is through the gospel. We're not just participants in it, but we are intended to overcome it. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. I hope you will understand this. Your good deeds disconnected from the name and face of Jesus Christ is not enough. Please hear me. Your good deeds disconnected from the name and face of Jesus Christ is not enough. The world knows how to be good, church. The one who professes that there is no God, what we often refer to as an atheist, that person understands how to do good. They don't know who to attribute that good to, and therefore glory is not received where it is due. The gospel not only dispels personal darkness, but it also equips us to confront the prevailing darkness inside of the world. I also want to encourage you to consider practical ways to share the light of the gospel to others during your Christmas celebrations and during this Advent season. And listen to me very clearly. It does not mean walking around with a candle lit all the time. (laughs) That's wonderful, right? But there is something that the candle represents. And so let me give you a couple of these. The first one would be this, truth. Truth dispels deception. That is light dispelling darkness. Just as the light of truth dispels the darkness of deception, shining the light of honesty and integrity inside of our lives will overcome the shadows of lies and deceit and pain that we've experienced. So you say... That's great, Nathan. How do I do this? How do I shine my light? Live an honest life filled with integrity. And point to Jesus when people take note of it. Number two, knowledge illuminates ignorance. The light of knowledge dispels the darkness of ignorance. Knowledge, light, ignorance, dark. Education and enlightenment have the power to overcome all the shadows of misunderstanding and misinformation. And no, I'm not advocating some sort of political movement for enlightenment. I'm advocating a knowledge and an understanding of the gospel, of God's word, of what he has called us to, because when we do it, church, we will change the world around us. It will also help the church to get along a little bit more. All of you have lived in the church world for a fairly good length of time, and you know that we do a lot of arguing and squabbling with each other. But the more we understand and the more we grow, the more we can dispel the darkness of misunderstanding and misinformation. The third one would be forgiveness. Forgiveness is the light and resentment, and all the chains that come with it are the darkness. So when we choose to forgive people, the light of grace and compassion will dispel the darkness of resentment and bitterness. I would ask for a show of hands, but you might light your neighbor on fire today. So, what I want you to understand is that all of us have the need to forgive, and all of us have experienced forgiveness, and all of us have experienced resentment and bitterness, and all of us know somebody who's experiencing it now. If you have the ability, through your understanding of the gospel, to offer forgiveness and to offer uh, this overcoming power, this light, To change that hurt, I I recommend you do so. Number four, acts of kindness in a world of indifference. This world is very much marked by indifference. Acts of kindness become this kind of radiant light. They dispel darkness. They dispel apathy, which is a huge one for them to do. And they often create this kind of ripple effect of compassion. The world kind of took this notion and uh, made it this concept of paying it forward. We have the ability to further the gospel, and that's what we should be doing. Five would be hope in times of despair. The light of hope will always overcome darkness in despair. But as I shared with you in week one, hope that is not based in truth is not hope at all. I'm not asking you to offer people fictional tales. I'm not asking you to offer people feel-good affirmations. I'm asking you to offer them a hope that is rooted in truth, a hope that says King Jesus will walk them through this life. Even when hell comes, even when darkness seems to be reigning, Jesus will overcome. Number six, love conquers hate. The light of love has the power to overcome this clear darkness of hatred. So acts of love, acts of compassion, acts of understanding will dispel animosity and foster reconciliation. We should not be a people as the church, we should not be a people marked by hate. And all too often that is the way we're seen. So I encourage you to be a part of the church that acts in the love that was given to us. That love is a love that is equipped with truth, so don't miss it but it is done in a way that is um, for the result of transformation, not for the result of proving oneself right. The next one would be unity in a divided world, and this is where the church definitely needs to come together. The light of unity overcomes the darkness of division. When people come together, transcending differences and working towards a common goal, they will dispel any discord or any shadows of discord. This is important for us. Last but not least, and these are just a few, church, is healing in the face of suffering. The light of healing overcomes the darkness of suffering. It happened this way in so many ways when Jesus walked this world and healed the sick and raised the dead and cast out demons. And whatever your view and understanding of these things for the church today, what I will say to you is that we have an unchanging God. So I would go into the world and I would seek him on their behalf. Because these things can take place and they can overcome a lot of this darkness of suffering. Whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual healing, the power to overcome pain is like a radiant light that dispels darkness. Amen? Each of these examples serves simply as a metaphorical illustration of a real situation, a transformative power of light, emphasizing positive forces that can have the capacity to overcome Any challenge that we face, church. So as we hold these candles and we bask in this kind of shared glow, I want us to be reminded that the light of Christ transforms us individually and collectively. It may not seem like much, but this is where Christians go to fearing, right? It may not seem like much, but I can assure you, as the days grow darker and they will, as the world seems to be more bleak and dim, what happens to the light you share? It shines all the brighter. You know why? Because there's no such thing as darkness dispelling light. But there is a such thing as light dispelling darkness. This light, no matter how dark it gets, shines brighter. It shines brighter and brighter and brighter. And we can trust that God's kingdom is going to win in the end. The darkness cannot withstand the radiance of his truth. So this Advent season, I hope that it's a time of renewed commitment to carry the light of Jesus into your community, into your workplace. And please hear me. Let this light shine when you're together with your family today and with your, when you're with your family tomorrow. You have a captive audience, and you have presence. They can't run. I'm teasing. Anyway, you guys are all like real worried here. But anyway, I want you to understand there is such beauty to what you have to offer. In the Gospel of Luke, at the end of of the passage that Mark read is the call to worship, we remember this story of Simeon, and it says that Simeon took Jesus into his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, because what? God is a promise-making and a promise-keeping God. As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Why? Because the light of the world came in, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. I want you to go away with these notions. Number one, God is, Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? He is your light, he is your salvation, and you need not fear. God is, John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He is the light of life. God is, 1 John 1, 5. This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. You never have to worry about God leading you astray. There is no darkness in him. God is, James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He never changes, church. Second, God's word is, Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Do you struggle? Do you wonder which direction to walk? Just seek him. Look to his word. He will give you an answer. God's word is, Psalm 119, 130, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. In Christ we are, Matthew five fourteen and 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In Christ we are, Ephesians 5, 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. In Christ we are, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And last but not least, our future hope is Isaiah 60, verses 19 and 20. The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again, and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will end Advent is a fascinating time it's a fascinating time and Christmas is truly magical and beautiful but all the more so when we understand what we've been offered through Jesus hope peace joy love and light when you spend your time with your family today please don't miss those things And as you see them, make sure you realize you're to carry that into the world. Amen.